Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Agua. Venezuela reportedly emptying its prisons, and those criminals are now entering the U.S. through our southern border. It's interesting how nobody was reporting this story until all of a sudden the Republicans are getting a lot of complaints from Venezuelans. Venezuelans are angry. This is what's happening. Yeah. What, what, what the DeSantis backers are essentially saying is don't trust anyone from Venezuela ever again. Yeah. The next time you see somebody come to the United States from Venezuela, they're going to be either a criminal or a delinquent or a drug addict or maybe even a murderer or a rapist who's going to rape your daughter. That's what they're saying about Venezuelans. I was sitting at breakfast this morning with my wife and she says, you think it's possible that no one's ever done this before? And, you know, I never even... I had an answer for her. And this is what we're talking about. So I woke up this morning and I went to the place where they tell you, you know, how many people are listening to you when you do a podcast. Remember, we started this whole thing probably around July when we started the Rick Sanchez News podcast here at Agua Media. And uh, we thought, yeah, you know, it'd be great if we can get a couple hundred people to listen, maybe a couple thousand. And now we're like, what, a month, two months, two months and a half, I guess, into this thing. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here, right? I mean, this is really exciting. And I, and, I, and I share this with you because, you know, we've always thought, I just had a hunch. I said, we're Latinos in the United States and less than 3% representation in media across the board. We're almost 20% of the population. There have got to be, right? There's got to be people out there who are like me, Latinos, Latinos in the USA, Latino Americans who speak English, you know, not that laca, laca, laca stuff that you hear on Telemundo or Univision, you know? Not that, you know, guy with the fake voice. Buenos días, yo soy el locutor de Telemundo, Univision, y ahora te voy a dar las noticias. You know, that. I'm like, oh my God, these people are so fake. But anyway, and, and I know that Latinos in the United States, guys like you and me, you know, we speak English and our, we, you know, we have last names that end in easy. You know, we're the Rodriguez's or the Sanchez's or the Gomez's or the Garcia's and... And uh, and we're Americans, but but there's a part of us who are Latino and we kind of know things about ourselves that other people don't know. And it kind of pisses us off sometimes when we hear people say really horrible things about us because they just don't know. And and the people saying horrible things say horrible things because they're horrible people. But then even the good people out there, they don't support us or really, you know, defend us because they don't know the facts either. And that's why we decided to do this. Right. You get that. I mean, we've talked about this a million times, but uh What's cool is that we thought, well, if we do this, is anybody going to listen? Is anybody going to give a shit? Is anybody going to care? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like we're blowing up. I I'm looking at this thing here, as I told my wife, and I said, honey, we're growing at 500%. I've never seen growth like that. I mean, I, I started Cano Health. Cano Health is a $4.4 billion company, and it's, you know, a publicly traded company. And I remember when we were first starting, we were all excited because we were also growing, but not at this, this growing at 400%. At this rate, 
We're doing like two, 3,000 new podcast listeners a day. We're probably going to be hitting 100,000 downloads or listeners in the next month. It's like, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> we, I guess, you know, sometimes, you know, you have a hunch. You think, you think if we do this, people are going to listen? And you're listening. And that's so cool. In fact, I got something for you. This is so bizarre to me anyway. We have now broken through and are one of the top 20 most listened to news and commentary podcasts in the United States. That's a category, news and commentary, you know, like true crime or comedy or news and commentary. And we are in the top 20 in news and commentary in the United States. And by the way, <laughs> you know where else? You know where else we're in the top 20? This is bizarre. I have no idea why. We are in the top 20 in Spain. What? We we are in the top 20 most listened to podcasts in España. Why? Who the hell knows who Rick Sanchez is in Spain? I do not understand it. I am bewildered and befuddled. Does anybody have it? Scotty, you there? I'm here, man. Why are, why, why? I know, it's you, baby. It's Scott. It's, it's me. You know, there, there, there is still a large population of, uh, of Jewish uh, uh, Spaniards that are left over, you know, post. Uh, <laughs> no, well, I, I actually, no yeah, actually, yeah, there oh, is. No. There is. There is some kind of, uh, wow. That is so, that is so weird. So anyway, look. I, That's amazing. That's I, awesome. Listen, That's it's really cool. They're amazing numbers. We're growing like a weed and uh, God bless us, you know, and God bless you and God bless America. And uh, I'm just glad we're able to create conversations that I guess what this is telling me is people were looking for a conversation about Latino Americans and nobody else was doing that. And we came up with this idea and now we're doing it. And people are saying, I want to be a part of that conversation because that's all podcasts are. Podcasts is friends having a conversation. It's intimate, right? We just share some shit together every day. That's it. That's what we do here. I mean, that's what we do. I mean, and I'm happy that we have so many tens of thousands of friends who are uh, joining us in these, uh, in these conversations. So what do you say we get started today? And um, I don't think there's a more important conversation taking place in America right now. If you're Latino in the United States, you're thinking about this. You're thinking about what I'm about to tell you about, right? And, and it all started when uh, this bizarre, bizarre thing happened. L listen to me. Listen to me. The governor of Florida, a dude named Ron DeSantis, who's actually kind of a popular guy in Florida, by the way, um, built in kind of a Trumpian form, but a little different, decides that he's going to send a plane using taxpayer money from Florida to Texas. Let me say this again. The governor of Florida sends a plane to Texas to get immigrants in Texas, who are Venezuelan, on that plane, some would argue through false pretenses. Uh, some would even say he kidnapped them, but that's not where I'm going to go. Because, look, I'm not here to, I'm not, this is not MSNBC. We're not here to blast Trump or blast the right or blast DeSantis. I'm just going to give you the facts. So he sends a plane to Texas. 
gets these immigrants, and he sends them to Massachusetts. That's like, first of all, why are you, as the governor of Florida, sending a plane to Texas to pick up immigrants and then send them to uh, to to Massachusetts? That just, like, you know, it's like, what the hell? What? What? What, what did you just say? What's going on here, right? I mean, I, I'm befuddled. I'm confused. I don't get it. And then soon after that, there is a story that the people he sent are the people who, he, who vote for him. They're Venezuelans. Venezuelans are fleeing communism, so they're coming to the United States. They're exactly who Republicans want to embrace. And by the way, they're DeSantis voters. They vote for DeSantis. They like the guy. So here is a guy who has a robust following amongst a group of people, a cohort, and he's basically kicking them in the teeth, or maybe I should say kicking them in the ass, and saying, I don't give a crap. You're an immigrant to me. You're no different than a Mexican, which is, by the way, you know, a very popular slogan amongst, amongst us Latinos. We always say, if you're Cuban, you know, you think you're like very special until you cross the border out of like Palm Beach County. And then you know what? You become a Mexican. Because that's often what, you know, people, you know, these Cubans and these, these Venezuelans and these Brazilians or these, these Argentinians who live in certain places and they somehow think they're not Latino. And I'm going like, we're all the same. We're all Latinos in this country, good, bad, indifferent. And, and I hear some of them sometimes besmirch, you know, Mexican immigrants or something. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's you. But anyway, that, that's another podcast for another day. So here is, here are, here is the governor of, of Florida picking up these people and sending them there. And all of a sudden, there's all these stories all over the media, including here in Miami, there's Venezuelans going on radio stations and going on TV stations, and they're pissed. Venezuelans in Miami are pissed. They feel like they got stabbed in the back. We, rep we helped you get elected. We back you because you told us you hate communism, that you're going to embrace us because we're running away from communism. And all of a sudden, the governor's office has a problem. They've got a problem. They got to deal with this. Like, oh my God, we're going to lose half of our voting base here. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We, we, we need an explanation. We need a story. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, <laughs> like freaking clockwork, baby, like freaking clockwork, just as this problem becomes. Now, remember, when this is important, this is important. Let me say this. So DeSantis, when he's asked why he did this, says the only reason he was doing this is because he is tired of illegal, illegal immigrants coming to the United States. Venezuelans are no different. They are coming here and they're a problem and they cost us way too much money. By the way, none of that is true. Venezuelans come to the United States. They get jobs. They create jobs. They start businesses. They're actually a net gain for Florida. But the governor doesn't know that. And it's OK. I'm not going to hold that against him. There's things I don't know, too. Right. But that's what he says. His explanation is that. His explanation is not this. Play the tape from Fox News. Go. Venezuela reportedly emptying its prisons, and those criminals are now entering the U.S. through our southern border. Quote, a recent Department of Homeland Security intel report received by the Border Patrol instructs agents to look for Venezuelan inmates released from entering the U.S. Okay, yeah, let's stop it right there. First of all, it's interesting how nobody was reporting this story until all of a sudden the Republicans are getting a lot of complaints from Venezuelans. Venezuelans are angry. Venezuelans are mad. They're saying, how can you do this to us? 
You're going to stick a bunch of people on a plane and just ship them out of here. And then you're going to call, what are we dogs? What are we dogs? I mean, so the Venezuelan community is angry. And now this story pops up. Now think about this for a minute. They're trying to make it. So this is the reason that DeSantis did this, but here's the problem. If this were the reason DeSantis did this, why didn't DeSantis say this before he did this or even after? If this were the reason DeSantis did this, then why didn't DeSantis, after he was interviewed, didn't he say, oh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, uh, I did this because I heard, I learned that, uh, you know, uh, the what's the bus driver's name? Maduro. Uh, Maduro was the bus driver who's the president of Venezuela. Maduro, well, he is a guy's a bus driver. I mean, he's a, he's yeah, I'm not kidding. He's a freaking bus driver. So the bus driver who's a guy of Venezuela has just, you know, decided to empty his prison. So that's why I'm doing this. He didn't say that. You know why he didn't say that? Because that wasn't his reason. That wasn't his reason. You know, that's like me or one of my kids, you know, getting caught stealing cookies when they were told to stay out of the cookie jar. And then when I asked them or my wife, Suzanne, asked them, why did you steal the cookie? They say, well, because I wanted to get that cookie because I heard that one of those cookies was spoiled and I didn't want my sister tomorrow to eat the cookie because I didn't want her to get sick. Like, like, what am I, stupid? You know, what, are you, what am I, a child? What am I, five? So anyway, but you know what? Can you play that again, Jorge? Pl play that Fox News story again. Because now let's, I'm a journalist. That's what I do. Let's break this story down. Go. Venezuela reportedly emptying its prisons, and those criminals are now entering the U.S. through our southern border. Quote, a recent Department of Homeland Security intel report received by the Border Patrol instructs agents to look for Venezuelan inmates released from entering the U.S. Okay. You know what? You got my attention. That's a good story. That's a fascinating story. If if it's true that the U.S. State Department is saying that Venezuelans are emptying their prisons, I, I, as a journalist, I'm telling you legitimately that is a viable story and it should be reported one way or another. So now what I do as a journalist when somebody says something like that is, okay, what's the source? Where's that coming from? If, if you're going to report that a country is emptying its prison and sending them to another country, hey, that's, a, that's practically an act of war. That's an attack, man. That's serious shit. You don't, you, don't do, you don't say or report something like that unless you're ready to say, and here's how we know this happened. So let's find out now how Fox News knows this is happening. Let's go. I can't wait. Let's play it. Go. The report reviewed by Breitbart, Texas. What? <laughs> Oh, so Alex Jones is telling us this. Breitbart, Texas. Fox News. Th this is, I, I got to tell you, as a journalist, man. <sighs> I don't even know what to say. If we have gotten to the point in this country where an, a, a supposed entity of journalism, which is, I guess, what Fox News is, is doing a report this important and they're sourcing another news entity, I guess. Wait, no, Breitbart's not a news entity. They might as well be saying, I heard this from my cousin who came to my party last week and we had a barbecue in my backyard. We got drunk and he told me such and such. So now I'm going to put it on my front page of my newspaper. I mean, that's what this is. Breitbart, 
Texas. What the hell is Breitbart, Texas? So, I, I mean, I, I got Scotty here, and I, I asked Scotty last night, Scotty, do a fact check on this. Here, here's what I got, and then Scotty's going to tell you what he's found out. But um, hold on. I just had it up here on my computer. Washington Post, right? Hold on. I'm slow with stuff like this. Washington Post. Here it is. Washington Post. Okay, I'm reading to you now from the Washington Post. Washington Post, and by the way, Washington Post is a, is a, is a verifiable, credible newspaper. Here's what they wrote. They write, this, the Breitbart report is vague, comma. It refers to a briefing purportedly offered to a border patrol who then spoke to someone who then reported it to someone in on, on I guess, Breitbart. Um, so some border patrol agent supposedly, unnamed, by the way, unnamed. So you could just say a guy who says he's with Border Patrol, told me that he was told by somebody uh, that they got a briefing that said the following. Like, what? I mean, you could be a high school newspaper editor in ninth grade at Hialeah High or in... Jerry, where'd you go to school? What was your high school in Laredo, Texas? United High School in Lorraine. I guarantee you, if we called right now, the 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 the, the, the fighting Longhorn editor of the Laredo, what was your school? United uh, Schools, and said, "Would you would you go with this story if your source was a guy told a guy told a guy? Because that's what this is. A guy told a guy. No names, no information, no report, nothing. But they're but they're putting it out there like it's freaking news. I mean." And by the way, I'm not picking on Fox News. I've seen this across the board in our media today in a lot of places. Um, Scotty, I don't know. I'm just pissed. I, I hate when I see stuff like this. I know you do. And I I, I actually kind of hate it, too. You know, this 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 fear, mong fear mongering is one thing. But when you actually start to use people as props for yes. this, it reminds me. It reminds me. I know it's a little different, but it reminds me of blaming the Japanese Americans in World War II and throwing them. Hey, you know, we can't trust these guys who are all oh, those Jews on that USS St. Louis. They might be Nazis, so we can't let them into our country. They're evil. So just who cares about them? You know, these Venezuelans coming here, they must be criminals. So let's get rid of them all. Yeah, man, I, they, they I need to. So and much. And here's what's interesting. The, Venezuelans are fleeing communism. Yes. The, the, the line of uh, of. DeSantis, for example, because he's a Republican, is we are here to protect the people who are fleeing communism because we hate communists. And by the way, then they'll tell you Joe Biden is a communist. Barack Obama is yes. a communist. Nancy Pelosi is a communist. Anybody who's a Democrat is a communist. By the way, none of these people are communists. They're no more communist than I am a beauty queen in Sweden. You know, trust me, you don't want to see me in a bathing suit. Uh, or a bikini. Yeah, that's true. Um, they're, they're no more communists. Do they have different opinions? Are some of them a little too lefty for me? Yeah. So, but that doesn't make you a communist. But anyway, but their talking point is they're communists. So here they're in a situation where they are the ones who were supposed to be protecting people fleeing communism. And instead right. they're not. So now they have to turn it around. And now they're now, but this is, this is what's ugly. This is what's ugly. Yeah. What, the, what, what the DeSantis backers are essentially saying is don't trust anyone from Venezuela ever again. Yeah. The yeah. next time you see somebody come to the United States from Venezuela, 
they're going to be either a criminal or a delinquent or a drug addict or maybe even a murderer or a rapist who's going to rape your daughter. That's what they're saying about Venezuelans. That's what they're saying about Venezuelans. And now to your point, Scotty, that's bullshit. You don't do that to people. You don't do that to an entire group of people. By the way, there's some bad Venezuelans. There's some shit Venezuelans. And there's some great Venezuelans. And there's some wonderful Venezuelans. And there's some in-between Venezuelans. And just like there's some in-between. And and just like there are you and me and everybody else out there. But but to cast this broad brush... Uh, around these people, which is what's going on right now, man, that, that just, I'm sorry. That, it kind of makes me mad a little bit. You know, it makes me a little mad. Just does. Yeah, By the way, said, let me, let me, let me ask you a question. You, yeah. last night when we talked, I said, Scotty, do me a favor. I'm going to do what I can to try and find legitimacy to this story. Did you find any legitimate reporting other than Breitbart, which Breitbart is Alex Jones, and we already know what Alex no, Jones does yeah, to journalism. Infowars is Alex Jones, but uh, we, we did a whole podcast Breitbart, yeah. on this. If you guys want to go back yeah. and see who Alex Jones is and the kind of journalism that he practices, we did an entire podcast on this. I don't remember the name of it, Jerry, but it was something about journalism and Alex Jones, right? How Alex Jones is ruining journalism. How Alex Jones is ruining journalism is the name of that podcast. If you want to go look at it, I thought it was fascinating when that happened. It was during his court. So, did you find any legitimate sourcing on this story, Scotty? Nope, nothing. Uh, I went through, I started on Twitter and all the people talking about it on Twitter, how how angry they were that Biden's allowing these prisoners and Maduro's dropping them off on the footsteps of America and all the stories linked to Gateway Pundit and Western Journal and uh, Epic Times and, and all Freedom Press and all these right-wing blogs and they all link to Breitbart. Uh, so <laughs> Breitbart seems to be the story. Uh, uh, there's a, a, a congressman from Texas who also sent out a tweet saying that he too uh, saw the uh, Department of Homeland Security. Where is it? Report. Where is it? Where's the report? Well, that's the thing. Nobody's quoted. It's unpublished. <laughs> but, but believe, but believe them. Uh, it know, might the as well be toilet that. paper. It might as well be used <laughs> toilet paper. I mean. But listen, if if you heard it from the if you heard it from the Department of Homeland Security intel report, who then told it to his mother, and his mother told it to the next door neighbor, and the next door neighbor then called the reporter and said, "Hey, I've got some." He checked it like three times, right? This is what we've come to in this country. That's too. <sighs> Thanks, Scotty. No problem, buddy. Hey, Thanks did later. I tell you you the man? Ah, uh, no, you're the man. By the way, you know, this we, we got another really cool show, you guys. I want you to check it out. It's called Yes, This Happened. It's a speaking of true crime. We got a true crime now show on Agua Media called Yes, This Happened. It's about Latino occurrences that were kind of either macabre or weird. We've all had bizarre things happen in our lives that we sometimes were embarrassed to even talk about. Well, we talked to people who've done that and it's kind of spooky and creepy. And it's called Yes, This Happened. Mario Gongora is the producer. And uh, check it out when you get a chance. I think it's a really cool podcast, and we want you to uh, listen to it. It's got kind of a Latino flair to it. But uh, anyway, Scotty, we'll talk to you later. I want You know what I want to do with this story now? You know what I want to do with this story? I want to, I want to take it to another place. Um, I'm a journalist, so I am curious. So when somebody says to me, Venezuelans are coming here, all the Venezuelans that are arriving and the ones that DeSantis sent to Massachusetts are actually disguised prisoners. So I'm thinking, well, 
if he did that, that means they must have just arrived and they knew they were coming and they headed them off at the border and da, 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 da. So I started asking myself, so how do Venezuelans end up in the United States? I guess just like all other people who come to the United States, right? They got to cross borders and they got to go through this and, and then they end up living someplace. But, but where, how, how does this all work? So we have two guests joining us now who are Venezuelans. Um, they are not in the United States. As a matter of fact, they are speaking to us from places where this is happening. You know, Venezuelans have to cross borders. They have to go into Colombia and then they go into fast Colombia. And then sometimes they get a job there and they stay for a couple of weeks and they stay for sometimes a month. Sometimes they end up living there, but eventually they make, they, they make their way to Mexico. And then maybe sometimes they'll cross the border and come to the United States. This is not like you can you know, follow the bouncing ball kind of thing. It's not like the truck driver Maduro puts people on a plane and sends them to the United States. I don't even think there's a flight to the United States, to Miami for sure. In fact, so so let's get facts. All right, let's get some facts. Let's break this down from people who know. I want to introduce you to Ana Flores. Uh, she's joining us, uh, journalist, all around great person. I've known and worked with Ana for a long time. Uh, she's not in the United States as she joined us. And also Luis Sucre. And uh, Luis is joining us as well from uh, outside the United States. We're not going to say exactly, you know, where he is. Just, 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 to, you know, I don't know, just to be safe. Ana, Luis, thanks for joining us, guys. How you doing? Hi, Rick. Everything fine. If, um, what's his name? The truck driver of uh, Venezuela, as I like to call him, Maduro. That, that's not nice. I probably shouldn't be doing that, but whatever. If he decided tomorrow he wanted to put people on a plane and send them here to Miami, could he, Luis? There's there's no plane, there's no airline that goes to the United States from Venezuela. Zero. For years. Zero. Zero. The Zero. only way you can go to the U.S. is walking. <laughs> that almost sounds like... Because because we're hearing here in uh, some news reports that there's this elaborate plan to get people out of prison and then sneak them into uh, the United States. I imagine you'd have to give them then a map and, and papers and maybe send a guide with them to take them there. Um, Anna, I would imagine that would be very difficult. Tell me what it's like for someone in Venezuela today to go through of that voyage from uh, Venezuela in, to the border? What, what's that like? What do they have to go through? Most Americans, we don't understand the geography, you know, top of mind anyway. So can you take us through that, Anna? Yes, of course. Well, first of all, you need to cross the border between Venezuela and Colombia. I mean, all the borders that you are going to cross between Venezuela until United States are very dangerous. But right now, you need to cross first from Venezuela to Colombia. And That's what is that? What, tell, tell me what it's like. Take me through that uh, part of the voyage. What, what is that? Is it a jungle? Is it a river? Is it a mountain? What do they cross? Well, there are two borders. So the first one and the most common is Cúcuta. So that's the city between Colombia and Venezuela, right? Uh -huh. So these people right now before between COVID and all the things, it was closed, right? right? So you can cross... There is a bridge over there, so you can cross the bridge normally walking. That is 
just if the border is officially open. So right now they just opened it like two days ago, mm. but it used to be closed. So people need to pay also there to other guys. They ask you like coyotes in Mexico and all that. Mm -hmm. to, so that you can cross, right? Wow. So when you finally do that, you need to get to uh, other cities in Colombia. Then you go to Necocli, that is Medellin and all that. Then you need to cross the jungle between Colombia and Panama. That is the jungle of Darien. The what? Right? The so the, are, wait, wait. I, didn't, I don't know anything about no jungle. The jungle of what? What's it called? Darien. Darien. The, the, the Darien yeah. jungle. Okay. Okay. Yes, that's right. So that is in between Colombia and Panama. So right now wow. everybody's talking about it. It's a very, very dangerous pass. It's not only because it's a jungle, it's also that everyone there is making a business. Hmm. It's between Latinos. There are also a lot of African people crossing over there. Not only Venezuelan people. Everyone what? is taking Why that. is it? You said it was dangerous. Why is it dangerous? Well, because first of all, it's a jungle. You can find, I don't know, Jaguars. so many different type of, yes. And also because the indigenous and the people that live there, they create a, like a type of process where you need to pay to cross one river, to cross the second river, to cross the third river. Oh, Everyone so, pe is so, people, like so there are people that are taking advantage of this, of the immigrants who are leaving. And so they're exactly. setting up like little uh, stop points and saying, you want to cross through here? You, you got to pay me or you got to sleep with exactly. me or you got to do whatever. Right. I mean, it sounds it's horrible. crazy because even you have to pay for a visa or something that is so difficult to get, <laughs> but it's going to be the same. It's, it's going to be also you have to spend a bunch of money crossing all this because you have to pay to all these people. So I heard from a girlfriend that she just left and she told me, you know, I have to cross. And I was like tired and all that. And I was asking for some help. And I said, hey. Can you help me? And they said, okay, pay me $5. And everything is in dollars. So after this, you go to Costa Rica. Everything is getting more easier there. The people of Costa Rica is not so bad. With Most of these are for Venezuelan, of course. But I wanted to put something clear. This, that this is for everyone, right? But okay, then you get to Nicaragua. And when it gets more hard, it's in Honduras. That's where that's where it's the most. If you make getting, it through all of those other countries and you finally get to Honduras, you you don't get to relax. That's where it's yeah, worse. Yeah, you don't get to relax. All the security and people they start asking. Well, I mean, everywhere where you get, it's like you know this big process. And finally, when you get there, they ask you a bunch of money. The security, the people, everyone. So, also in Guatemala, after Honduras, and finally Mexico. Mexico is getting, that is the most, most hard part because, for example, right now, anyone is talking about the river of Pipijian, Pijijian, it's one river, it's one of the, it's in the first city between the border in, between Guatemala and Mexico. So basically over there, it's also very, very hard because the river is dangerous, everyone is dying there and nobody's talking about oh it. Oh my God. And you need to ask for but there are a few choices that you have when you are there in Mexico. The security says, okay, we can give you this document and you can cross to the, I don't know, to the city, to the first city or the capital of Mexico, right? Right. The F. What and was that? Well, by the way, there, you, you said the name fast and I want to make sure people who are listening.
be, you know, uh, our friends listening to this podcast, they may want to do a little research. Could you give the name of that river again that you say that there's yes, a story there? It's that the river talks? of Pihitiang. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm. Pihitiang. Okay. Yes. I'm yeah, I think it's very important that everyone knows this because right now the topic is Darien, but also the river of Pipihian. And like I said before, you need to have a bunch of money. That's why it's so crazy. There's people, they need to walk, but at the same time, you need to have in your pocket like at least $1,000. I don't know. It's like, it's a bunch of money and everything is in dollars. So they finally make it through all of these countries. And in fact, I'm, I'm going to just tell you what the countries are again. They've got to find their way through Colombia, through Panama, through Costa Rica, through Nicaragua, through Honduras or El Salvador, then Guatemala, possibly Belize, and then finally through Mexico until they get to the border. I'm, I'm sitting here counting up the countries. And of course, there's different ways of doing it. Some people might be able to get on a plane and go and skip three countries. Some people may be able to get a bus. I mean, I imagine there's a lot of different ways to do this. But Luis, when all is said and done, this is not something you do in a couple of days or in a week. It's not like I'm flying to New York next Tuesday. It's going to take me three hours, right? It's at least like two months walking. That, and that's if you walk straight States. without stopping. I would imagine a lot of these people actually start Maybe they have to work to collect some money. Maybe they have to stay for a couple of months in, 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 you know, in Guatemala or in Honduras. And maybe then after they got the money, then they can continue their journey. So this could be a year or more. Yeah, that's right. That's right. At least two months walking and 15 days uh, walking through the Darien jungle. So, so this story that somehow these people who came on this who were sent to Massachusetts were sent by Maduro it, it it's so far-fetched because it would mean that somebody in Maduro's team would have had to have planned a year ago or 10 months ago or five months ago to escort these people through all of this stuff with a certain plan to then come here and it just it sounds ridiculous to me do you, or what about to you Luis yeah that's right it, that, there's a fact People are getting out from Venezuela because the minimum salary is $22 per month. It means people earn less than $1 per day. How do you need to feed four children or four, four member family? $450. It means 20 minimum salaries. So they're making $22 a month? That's the average salary in Venezuela for a worker? The minimum. The minimum. Yeah. The minimum. Right. Okay. If that's the minimum, then what's the average? Because that sounds like everybody would be starving, right? Yeah, but, but you have to work. Everyone has to work. But the minimum is 20, uh, 22. You have to make 20 uh, salaries to, to pay your food, to feed your family. So it's, it's kind of it's difficult to survive Venezuela. So a lot of people have left Venezuela, but they're not all in the United States. They're living in, in what we call third countries, right? Uh, Colombia, I imagine, would be one of those that's the most popular for Venezuelans. What's it like to live in those countries? Anna, you want to pick this one up? Yes, of course. I mean, it's been it's been a war for 
between Colombia and Venezuela too. I mean, the two uh, the two governments, they had a fight with the other president. Right now they have a new one that is also from the left and all this. So right now they are trying to recover their relationships, but basically it's also hard because it's still being left in America. It's kind of better. It's just a little bit better because what is more crazy the most craziness for me is that in venezuela right now prices are like in miami so you get paid like in latin america but prices are like in miami that's crazy but basically in other words in, the cost of, yeah. the, in other words the wages are low but the cost of living is high exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. of course totally yeah. a lot a lot high so right now people in colombia is kind of like the people in the United States, they are kind of tired. They're saying that all the Venezuelans are people they want to rob, they want to steal, they're not good people. So there is a war too because everyone is trying to leave that country. Why here? Well, because this is the, the most easy place to get. You yeah. know, you can walk and you can get here. That's why. But right now the government is giving a lot of auctions like documents and all that so you can get a job he, but there is a lot a lot of poor people asking money in the streets you know what i'm thinking and maybe this is what makes me think through this story tell me if i'm wrong if i was a delinquente a delinquent as we like to say in spanish we use that word a lot my mother used to use it a lot she always would point to somebody and say ese tipo es un delincuente <laughs> You know, and for us in, in the Spanish to Latinos, that word is very powerful. It doesn't, it's not the same as in English. When you say delinquent in, eh, in English, it's like whatever. To us, it means somebody of ill repute, somebody who has no honor, somebody who has no ethics, somebody who's a criminal, somebody who would rob, you know, your baby's formula if he could sell it. That's what a delinquent is, you know, really, really bad people. So I'm thinking if Maduro, really did empty the prisons or the jails and release the delinquentes, the last place those people would come is the United States. The, the people who are coming to the United States are coming to the United States because they're looking for a job. Not, they're not coming here to rob people. If, if they're going to rob people, they'll probably, and I hate to say this, and I'm not being critical of Honduras, but you want to see a place where there's lots of delinquentes because of the drug trade? Honduras. They'll go to Honduras. Or they'll go to parts of Nicaragua, even where there where there's you know cartels, and they will hire somebody who got out of jail and it wants to steal and kill and do all those things. They're not going to come to the United States. It doesn't even make any sense to me. But maybe I don't understand it. Am I wrong, guys? Yeah, that's right. That's correct. That's yeah, a fact. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's there's a bunch of choices. There's people like they don't know. They just they just have they take an airplane. And they get to Bogota, and if they got the visa that is so hard to get, then they will fly from Bogota to Miami. That is, those are the way, the other way to do it, you know? Like Yeah, but those are guys, those people are wealthy. Or, well, I'm not, well, exactly. I got to be careful with the word wealthy. They are well-heeled enough to be able to do what the average person making $22 a month cannot do. Right. right. Yeah, it's crazy. They have to sell everything, I don't know, or as money in the streets and all that but it's unbelievable but some people they just do it and they can finally get there what do you guys how um the fact that there are now networks like fox news for example going on tv and telling everybody that venezuelans are all criminals all the venezuelans are going to be coming from now on are going to be criminals i mean 
how do you, I'll, Luis, I'll start with you. How, how do you react? I think to that, that? that that's not right. I mean, there's good people in Venezuela. There's good people uh, living in Venezuela. There's well, people that working, people that study in the United States, people that are, I don't know, working in, in other companies. And they're good people. Well, you're one of them, right? I mean, Luis, Thank you. are you a criminal? <laughs> no, I'm not a criminal. Have you been in jail? I, <laughs> it's like I'm, no, I mean, ever. I, and I, I love I, working. I mean, I study, I work, I, I, I go do, I go do, do, do good things. You're a good man. You're, you're, you're exactly what Latinos in the United States are, and we, we should welcome someone like you or someone like Anna because the vast majority of Latinos in the United States, especially Latino immigrants in the United States, documented or not, by the way, are a net plus for the economy of the United States. Every year, Latinos who live in America but are not Americans give $13 billion, $13 billion as subsidies to the rest of us they inject that into our social security system so we can retire and they will never see a penny of that. They will never see a Latinos in the United States, especially the undocumented ones, work so we don't have to. The average Latino in the United States works 42 hours a week. The average non-Latino, 33 hours a week. Latinos are more apt to start new businesses. Latinos are more apt to hire people. I mean, this is crazy that the very people who are helping the economy of the United States so much are being called criminals by Fox News. I mean, it just breaks my heart. And as a Latino, it kind of makes me a little angry. Kind of makes me a little angry. It, 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 it really does, you know? Anna, how do you think this kind of story, how do you, how do you react when you hear that there's a, a network, you know, una cadena de televisión poderosa, a very powerful news network in the United States that's basically saying that, you know, the, the Latinos who are coming from Venezuela specifically are criminals. Well, that's a, it's a long story. There, there's too much information behind people that hate Latinos. So basically, I just think like, well, we need to do something so they can change. <laughs> this need to change because it's enough about those comments you know, like, yeah, Latinos are bad. No, it's not like that. You, it's, it's like what you said before. Everywhere you will find people that is good, that is not. But most of the people just want to work. They want to be just income. Do you know what I think, by the way? And uh, this is one last thing I want to talk to you about with you guys. I, I think the worst curse, the worst curse that has happened to your country is oil. I think oil has made your country suspect a target in so many ways. And I think the reason that Venezuela is screwed up right now has as much to do with Chavez and his ill-fated policies as it has to do with my country, the United States of America, and its greed for your oil. I think those two things together are part of the reason that Venezuela is in the predicament that it's in. As an American, it hurts me to say that, but I think it's true. 
Yeah, definitely. And 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 on all the hate that people puts like this uh, news channel or whatever. So all what you put into television or news, people are going to hear it. So please just say what you need to say. And that is the truth. Yeah. Th thank you. I, I, uh, I, I really believe that. Do, do you believe so? Uh, Luis, I mean, you know, there's a, it's really easy to just say, well, Venezuela is bad because some guy named Chavez came and he was a jerk and his policies sucked and he's socialist and all that didn't work. But there's, I always look, even with my country, you know, people, you know, blame Castro. Well, Batista was a piece of crap too before Castro. Okay. So it's usually not just the man who creates the problem. It's what were the conditions that got that man there? And, and I think to a certain extent, Greed is what got that man there. Do you agree? Yeah, and correct. That's correct. A communist is a powerful speech. I mean, the poor people, the, the people that having real needs, uh, listen to that speech, and they convince. Right. I mean, they put Chavez on the power. But you, Chavez but he could not destroyed. have convinced them if he didn't have a good argument. And his argument was, yeah, you guys have nothing. And I don't know, three, four percent of the people in Venezuela all have three cars. And butlers and maids and five TVs and 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 you barely have enough to scratch two nickels together to eat. That should never have been like that. You know, yeah, you should not give Chavez an, an an easy excuse to be a dick. You know, to be a bad guy. So yeah, the speeches you uh, they have uh, things because they rob you. They are rich because they rob you. Yeah, you know that people believe that and then they vote for Chavez. Yeah. Simplistic as it is, fascinating to talk to you guys. And, um, you know, we're glad that you're able to share with us a piece of what it's really like, as opposed to the hype and the misinformation that we get in this country from all types of media. But uh, that's why this is really an important story. And I'm glad that we had the chance to do this. And, and you, Anna, and you, Luis, are uh, remarkable people. Uh, thanks for sharing your perspective with us. This is... Um, well, look, this is what we do. Th this is Agua Media. Th this is Rick Sanchez News. We do this because nobody else will. You, you saw what news is like in the United States. I showed you a clip on Fox News. And that should not be the truth. In fact, I want to play something for you here before we go. You know, as I tell you that you should tell your friends about what we're doing here on Rick Sanchez News because we're on Spotify and because we're on Apple. I want you to hear what happens with this story now. The former president of the United States is now saying the same thing. He's basically saying horrible things about Venezuelan immigrants and about Venezuelans. Here's Donald Trump yesterday. Go. Millions of people are in our country now that shouldn't be here. Uh, many of them are prisoners. Would you deport them? Criminals. Uh, the bad ones I would deport, yeah, the bad ones I would deport. Millions and millions of people have, they're poisoning our country. They're poisoning our country. Yeah. They're poisoning our country. They're all criminals. They're prisoners. Guys, it's just wrong. Breaks my heart, because when I hear that man say that, you know who I think of? I don't think of me. I think of my mom and dad, Paco and Adela, who came to this country, never took a penny of welfare, never took food stamps, worked their whole lives, made minimum wage, worked their way through whatever so that I can go to college, so that I can do this, so that I can be here talking to you now. That's Paco and Adela. They're good people. Good people.
just like the vast majority of Latinos in the United States. And to hear a former president of the United States say that we are poison and that we're criminals and that we're prisoners kind of breaks my heart. Kind of breaks my heart. This is Agua Media. I'm Rick Sanchez News, and I keep a smile on my face because I know the goodness out there. I know what we can be. I know where we're going. I know what the numbers say. I know what the metrics say about the future of this great country that we all love. So if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcast, tell a friend. And if you're watching us somehow on on uh, YouTube, then uh, do me a favor and subscribe. And as I always like to say, dale, andale, y vamos con todo. Agua. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.